<laughs> hey guys, sorry about that. Uh, someone's going on technical difficulties. Anyway, hope you guys are having a great, great morning. Welcome to um, Sunday morning church service. Uh, my name is Pastor Randy. Uh, I know I haven't been on in a couple weeks, but um, I've just been taking some time off to, you know, just kind of regroup and, and stuff. So, you know, just kind of start focusing on, you know, my health and stuff like that. It's my asthma has been really, really bad. So I've just been kind of taking care of that. And um, yeah, so I, guys, I hope you're having a great morning. We're going to continue our study in First Corinthians today. Now we're going to be in First uh, Corinthians chapter 10, verses 23 through chapter 11, verse 1. And this is due all to the glory of God, right? And we, we got to realize that everything that we do, we got to do for the glory of God. You know, um, so, and, and Paul talks about this. So let's get into it. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for your time, this time that we get to spend with you. God, get me out of the way and let your word go forth, Lord. We thank you. We worship you, Lord. And forgive us for our sins, Lord. Um, and we just ask, Lord, that you just be here with us tonight, this morning in this church service. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, if you guys want to comment, go ahead and comment. Um, I'll be looking back and forth from my notes and stuff like that. So um, let's get into it, right? I <laughs> love this. So, you know, we're going to continue our study here in 1 Corinthians, a series that I'm calling Challenges to Christian Face. One of the challenges that Christian face is the issue of Christian liberty. You know, I smiled when I read about Charlie Brown, the main character in the Peanuts, uh, cartoon strip. Charlie Brown was contemplating life. And then he says, sometimes I wake up at night and I ask, where have I gone wrong? Then a voice says to me, this is going to take more than one night. Well, my, my, this section of Christian Liberty has taken more than one study. And I'm happy to tell you that today we come to the final message of the challenges of Christian Liberty that Christians face. So let's learn in this study that I'm calling do all for the glory of God. So uh, let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 23 through 11, verse 1. And it says, all things are lawful, but all things are, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Let no one seek his own good, but that of other person. Eat anything that is sold in the meat market without asking questions for conscience sake. For the earth is the Lord, Lord's as well as its fullness. If one of the unbelievers invites you and you want to go, eat anything that is set before you without asking questions for conscience sake. But if anyone says to you, this meat is consecrated to idols, do not eat it. For the sake of the one who informed you. And for conscious sake, I do not mean your own conscience, but the other person's for why is my freedom judged uh, for why is my freedom judged by others conscience? If I partake with gratefulness, why am I slandered concerning that for which I give thanks? Whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense either to the Jews or the Greeks or to the church of God, just as I also 
please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, so that they may be saved. Be imitators for me, just as I also am for Christ. You know, the tsunami of December of uh, 2004 uh, will be a lifelong memory for anyone that can re- uh, old enough to remember that. A total of, uh, I think it was uh, 220,000 people died in that tsunami. One bright spot on that tragic day was highlighted on one of the covers of French children's magazine, Mon Quiton. Tilly Smith, at the age of 11, at that time was featured in the publication selection of the Child of the Year, of the year 2005. The British schoolgirl saved about 100 tourists because she acted on what she knew. While walking along a Thailand beach during her family's vacation, she recognized the warning signs that a tsunami was coming because of her uh, geography classes and uh, had studied tsunamis just two weeks before. And because of her actions, the beach was evacuated and it was one of the few uh, places where no one was killed in that uh, or seriously hurt in that tsunami. Tilly Smith's heroic, heroic model that Christians are called to do each day. Take the knowledge of the gospel and implement it in your routine, whatever it may be, so that lives can be saved for all eternity. The Apostle Paul has been helping the Christians in Corinth understand how the gospel fit into their daily routine so that their knowledge of the gospel could save lives for all eternity. He was he's was specifically concerned about the way in which some of the Corinthian Christians understood Christian liberty. There's a great deal of confusion about eating food offered to idols. In today's today's study, we learn practical directions regarding the proper use of Christian liberty. So let's learn about this as follows. One, Seek good of others. And we're going to find that in, in verses 22, uh, 23 to 24, 32 to 33. Eat marketplace food, 25 to 26. Eat with unbelievers, 27 to 30. Do all for the glory of God, verse 31. And follow Paul's example in, in, in chapter 11, verse 1. First, the, the practical direction regarding the proper use of Christian liberty is to seek good, seek the good of others. Paul says in verse 23, all things are lawful, but all things, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Now you may recall, Paul used the, slo- uh, used the slogan, all things are lawful earlier in 1 Corinthians six twelve. Apparently some of the Corinthian Christians were asserting their Christian liberty, enabled them to do anything they wanted to do. So they believed that they were able to eat food offered to idols. Now, there was a measure of truth to the slogan that for the Christians, for Christian, all things are lawful. Christians have great liberty in Christ. However, Paul reminded them that Christian liberty is qualified by two further statements. Although all things are lawful for the Christian. Not all things are helpful and not all things build up. Liberty in Christ should be governed by the desire to do 
that which is helpful and to build others up. And so to make sure that he was not misunderstood, Paul said in verse 24, let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor or the good of others. See, the purpose of Christian liberty is never self-serving, but it is always other-serving. And, and all people want a measure of joy in their lives, right? And far too many Christians don't know how to experience joy in their lives. Someone once said that one of the ways to know and experience joy in our lives is to turn joy into an acronym. Jesus, other yourself. Now, if we serve in that order, we will experience true joy in our lives. However, if we change the order, we are sure we, we are prone to do, which we're, I think every human being is prone to do. We lose the joy of the Lord in our lives. See, Christians should always seek the good in others, regardless of, the, of, of, of our station in life. This is illustrated uh, during the annual Alfalfa Club dinner of February 2011, where the elite of the Washington, D.C. saw a dramatic demonstration of servanthood. This black tie event at the White House, senior advisor Valerie, Valerie Jarrett was seated at the head of the table. This, and, and many attendees were, were, were seated and others were, were shuffling through the crowd or crowded room to find their places. Jarrett, who was not wearing her glasses at the time, glanced and saw a man with stripes on his pants and asked if he could get her a glass of wine. Unbeknownst to her, she asked the second highest ranking general in the United States Army to serve her like a waiter. When it became clear of what happened, Jarrett was mortified, but the four-star general, Peter uh, Cinelli, and the vice, uh, vice, uh, vice chief of staff of the U.S. Army secured a drink and brought it to her. See, the Apostle Paul would exhort Christians to follow the general's actions by serving and always seeking the good in others. But why should Christians seek good in others? It is so that they may be saved. Paul said in verses 32-33, Give no offense to Jews or Greeks or for the church of God, just as I try to please everyone in everything. I do not seek in my own advantage, but that many, that they may be saved. Right? See, Paul noted three groups, Jews, Greeks, and the church of God. Right? He mentioned these groups because each raised different considerations. Both Jews and Greeks were unbelievers, and the church of God were believers. In all cases, Christians are to give no offense. Christians are to seek the good of all. And the reason is that they may be saved. In other words, everything that Christians do must be with the eye to bring them to, to faith in Christ. Or if they are already Christians, to encourage them in their faith in Christ. The ultimate good of others is that they may be saved, as for the unbelievers. So, the first practical direction uh, uh, regarding proper use of Christian liberty is to seek the good of others. 
Now, the second direction regarding the proper use of Christian liberty is to eat marketplace food. Paul said at verse 25, eat whatever is sold in the, in, in the meat market without raising any questions on the grounds of conscience. A portion of meat was offered in, in a sacrifice to idols, was sold to the priest, to the merchants in the marketplace. They're interred, sold it to customers. Jewish rabbis placed many restrictions on Jews who lived in pagan cities like Corinth. Jews had to be sure that they bought meat only in shops that sold kosher meat. Even today, certain Jews will only buy kosher food. But that's not what Paul's policy. Paul said believers could eat whatever is sold without raising any questions about whether the meat was sacrificed to, to an idol. Paul supported his policy by referencing Psalms 24.1 in verse 26, for the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Jews quote uh, Psalms uh, 24.1 prior to eating any meal. So they're familiar with the verse. Paul used it to assert that anything in the earth belonged to the Lord and believers are now to receive anything from the Lord with a grateful and thankful heart. All of the Old Testament dietary and ceremonial laws regarding what could not be eaten were done away with in the New Testament. Christians are free to eat anything. Practically, that means that it's no such thing as food that God has that God has said is prohibited to the Christian. We do not need to, to abide in any kosher laws. And of course, we would be wise to follow sound advice and nutrition and diet for the sake of your health. But God has not forbidden any food to the Christian. So the practical directions regarding proper use uh, of our Christian liberty is to seek the good in others and to eat marketplace food. The third practical direction regarding proper use of Christian liberty is to eat with unbelievers. Not many Christians do this. They don't. They don't eat with unbelievers. They don't sit down and break bread with unbelievers. Oh, they're not Christians. Well, it's, that's not what it said here, right? Um, Paul's, you know, in verse 27, if one, uh, it says this, if one of the unbelievers invites you to dinner and you are disposed to go, eat whatever is set before you without raising any questions on the ground of conscience. Christians serving as missionaries often likely encounter a situation like this, okay? They are visiting uh, of a home of an unbeliever and food is set before them. And sometimes missionaries struggle to eat the food because they are not used to it or they don't like it, right? But Paul says, as a rule, Christians are to eat whatever is set before them. But the situation changes completely if someone says, this has been offered in a sacrifice. In that situation, Paul says, do not eat it. For the sake of the one who informed you and for the sake of conscience, I do not mean your conscience, but his. Verses 28b and 29a. What does Paul mean? Knowing that the food is uh, offered in a sacrifice raised the issue of the unbeliever's conscience. 
Several reasons have been offered as to what Paul meant in this section, but it seems to me that the best explanation is that if a Christian ate food after learning that the food was offered to an idol, he would be encouraging the unbeliever to continue in his sinful practice of idolatry. But the unbeliever might think that there is really no distinction between his God and the Christian God, and that there is really no much difference between his religion and Christianity. Paul asked two questions in 29b and verse 30 that are some of, somewhat difficult to understand, I think. For it says this, for why should I why should my liberty be determined on someone else's conscience? If I partake with thankfulness, why am I denounced because of what for that which I give thanks? It seems that Paul is simply reiterating that the scruples and the needs of the unbelievers determine the actions of the Christians. It is a way of serving them. And it also is a way of limiting our Christian liberty for the sake of the gospel and loving our neighbor. So practical directions regarding proper use of our Christian liberty are to seek the good of others, eat marketplace food and eat with unbelievers. How many Christians do we know that go out and, and really eat with unbelievers? I do daily at work. You know, uh, but, but I mean, it's, it's not food consecrated to idols or, 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 or whatever, but I do daily and we should do daily. The fourth practical direction regarding the proper use of Christian liberty is to do for the, do all for the glory of God's glory. Paul said in verse thir- uh, 31, it says, so whatever, what, whether you eat or drink, do whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. See this, 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 this is, this verse is, is one of the proof texts for the answers for the first question of the Westminster Shorter Catechism. The question is, what is the chief end of man? And the answer is, man's chief ends is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Not only are we, uh, not, not, not only in what, whether we eat or drink, but whatever we do, do all to the glory of God. The glory of God is the ultimate goal and the purpose of every Christian. You should do everything in life with an eye to the glory of God. John Piper preached uh, and written a lot about the glory of God. I know some of you guys and some of you reform guys don't like uh, John Piper anymore because he went over the whole charismatic thing and whatever, but you know, I'm going to quote him. It says, if you ask my four sons, what's the most important thing to your dad? They would say, I don't know. I'd be really disappointed, but if they say I don't care or I'd be crushed and angry, I, I ought to matter to a son what a father's regards as ultimately important. I ought to matter a lot. It, it, it ought to matter a lot to us what God is committed to with all of his heart and soul and the mind and strength. What 
is the impulse that drives the Almighty. What does he pursue in all of his plans? See, I know it's kind of confusing because I was I don't have my I don't really have my glasses on, so it's hard, kind of hard for me to read. Um, but it says God, you know, it, it, God did not leave us to guess in in this affair. His he answers the question at every point in redemptive history of creation and consummation. And and then Piper surveyed some of the highest points of Scripture to see what God has to say about what is important to him. For example, why did God create us? God says in Isaiah 43, 6b through 7, bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, whom I've created for my glory. And scripture after scripture points to us, points us to the truth that God has made us for his glory. And everything we do in this life is to ascribe the glory of God. So the practical directions regarding proper use of Christian liberty is to seek good in others, eat in the marketplace, eat with unbelievers, and do for all the glory of God. And the fifth practical direction regarding a proper use of Christian liberty is follow Paul's example. Paul said in verse 1, chapter 11, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. See, Paul looked at his own life and saw that he had been consistent in the way in which he fulfilled his service to Christ, particularly in the area of Christian liberty. And because he had lived a consistent Christian life, he was able to call the Corinthian believers to follow his own example. And of course, Paul was following the example of Christ. He gave up many liberties in order to serve others. In fact, Paul reminded the Philippians in Philippians 2, chapter 2, verses 5 and 8, of Christ's humble service when he said, have this, in, uh, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equally with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. And he did all this in order to save others. See, Christ's great, Christ's great sacrifice is a perfect model of love and concern for other Christians that Christians are to model and exercise in their Christian liberty. So the practical directions regarding the proper use of Christian liberty is to seek good in others, eat, eat, eat marketplace food, eat with unbelievers, and do for the glory of God, and follow Paul's example. <coughs> so the following letter was written by a Southern Baptist missionary of Iraq, Karen Watson. Prior to leaving the Middle East, the letter was dated March 7, 2003, and Karen was killed along with four other missionaries on March 15, 2004. And this is the letter. Dear Pastor Phil and Pastor Roger, you should only be opening this letter in the event of my death. When God calls, there's no, there are no regrets. I tried to share my heart with so 
uh, with you as much as possible. My heart for the nations. I was called to a place. I was called to him. To obey was my objective. To suffer was expected. His glory is my reward. His glory is my reward. One of the most important things to remember right now is to is to preserve the work. I am writing this as I am still working with the people group. I thank you all so much for your prayers and support. Surely your reward in heaven will be great. Thank you for investing in my life and spiritual well-being. Keep sending missionaries out. Keep raising up fine young pastors. In regards to any service, keep it small and simple. Simply, just preach the gospel. Be bold and preach the life-saving, life-changing, forever eternal gospel. Give glory and honor to our Father, the missionary's heart. Cares more than some think is wise. Risks more than some think is safe. Dreams more than some think is practical. Expects more than some think is possible. When I was called not to comfort or success, but to obedience, there is no joy outside of knowing Jesus and serving him. I love you too and my church family. In his care, Shalom, Karen. That is what the Apostle Paul wanted from believers. He wanted Christians to understand that we are to share the gospel so that unbelievers can hear and be saved. And sometimes Christians will limit their Christian liberty for the sake of the gospels to love, uh, the, for the love of others. Can you say that about you and me? Can, can, we do, can we limit our Christian liberties for the sake of the gospel? Are we there? Or are we just doing the next best thing because we got to go to work, we got to take care of our kids? We, Karen Watson lost her life. She was somebody's daughter. She was somebody's wife, I'm sure. But are you ready to go out and serve God if your life, with your life? I mean, are you? I know I am. You know, with today's society and what's going on in the church and the church is so weak and, and all this stuff, it's coming to a point where pastors and Christians are going to have to make that, that certain choice. Are we willing to die for the sake of the gospel? Are we willing to be martyred for the sake of the gospel because it's coming to this country. I believe it is. Socialism and Christianity don't mix. Communism comes stems out of socialism. You know, I'm not going to get political here, though I'm a very, very political pastor, um, but I'm not going to get political. All I'm going to tell you right now it's prepare. The end is nigh. And we must prepare. So uh, I'm going to end there. So a couple uh, couple announcements before I get before I go. Guys, if you guys need prayer, please go to madefreechurch.org. 
We have a whole intercessory prayer team that prays over your request daily. Yeah, we would love to hear from you. And if you guys like to support Made Free Church, we could use your support. We want to open up a men's and women's home this next year. We want to get our own church building. We want to get offline so we can gather and your support will help that. We are a 501c3 nonprofit church and your help can benefit us in ways of uh, helping and serving others. And guys, please pray for our countries. Oops, nope. Please pray for our country. You know what I mean? Um, Our country needs prayers. Our country needs to repent. Just pray for our country, okay? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this opportunity that we get to spend with you this morning. We love you. We worship you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys. God bless you. Have a good day. Oh, also, uh, this afternoon, just before I, before I go, this afternoon, we're going to be live with our Let's Talk with uh, Aaron from 120 Army, Richard from Made Free Church, and Tactical Discipleship, and myself. And we're going to be talking about the progressive church, and we're going to be talking about how the progressive church is getting it wrong, right? So if you belong to a progressive church, guys, you guys want to watch this. Okay. God bless you guys.